and welcome to a new episode of the Startup Diaries brought to you by Burns Sheehan, a leading technology recruitment business within the UK. In today's episode, we have Michael Letchford, SVP of Product Management, and Nathan Deemer, Principal Engineer from GoCity. In this episode, we start talking through the technology transformation that GoCity has undergone recently from a product and engineering perspective, how they've both got buy-in from their teams with regards to this transformation without making their employees feel like they're being challenged or criticised. In addition, we talk about how they're moving towards being a more data-driven and customer-focused organisation, and finally, we talk in detail about balancing the delivery of features versus the functionality of products. It's a really technical one, but one I hope you enjoy. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Yeah. Do you want to dive in? Tell us a bit about Go City and your journeys uh, into working at the business. Yeah, I mean, Go City is a sort of fairly well-established um, and very successful business, selling passes globally uh, to customers, so you can visit multiple key attractions in, in various cities. We want to be how the best city breaks happen, and we're trying to evolve to being more tech-driven as an organisation, because um, it's this particular sector has always been one that's not been particularly digital until more recently. Yeah. Um, me personally, I've been working in product management for about 12 years, and we've got a, a fair few people I'm working with now that I've worked with in the past. Um, uh, I've had experience from working in large tech organisations like Amazon and Microsoft. Um, more recently, working transformation programs within the retail sector. So actually, there's quite a few people that we work with there who have come with us on the journey to Go City. Cool, and Nathan. Yeah, and then sort of my journey. You know, five years ago, you know, I wasn't much of a traveller or a city breaker, <laughs> and I, you know, never thought I'd join a, a travel uh, tech company. That will change before going to Go City. Been to lots of great places around the world. Um, before doing Go City, um, I spent a lot of my career working consultancies on some products I'm very, very proud of, but yeah, yeah. felt like it was time for a change. And yeah, this role for me was yeah, the next step in my career, chance to join a senior leadership team, be part of that transformation um, into turning the company into, into a tech-first company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from the engineering side, you know, it's a chance to work on a product that's used globally uh, and all the challenges uh, that, that, that that brings. Perfect. Obviously, you both mentioned it there, you current sort of transformation there to become a more tech-driven business. How did this come about? And I guess, where did you start from a, from a product perspective in particular? I mean, the pandemic's been a bit of a forcing factor for mm-hmm. what I'd say would be the lagging areas of the, the travel industry to digitalize or digitize. I'm not sure what the correct verb is there. <laughs> um, and that's basically been highly relevant to a lot of our partners and highly relevant for us. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the success of the business uh, pre-pandemic, there wasn't really a sort of strong push to become more tech-driven because uh, everything was working really well. But the board sort of realised that we've got quite limited and quite rigid technical capabilities, um, aren't really going to support what we're trying to do uh, in terms of future ambition. Um, and there's also been, I would say, sort of relatively limited consideration for the end customer experience in the past. So that's one of the things we're trying to address. Perfect. Perfect. Anything to add to that, Nathan? Um, yes, I mean, yeah. When I joined, a lot of the technical, sort of the engineering side was sort of already underway. Mm-hmm. Um, all the tech was brought in house uh, as well. The teams were split up into new uh, functional areas, um, and then we invested in all the teams and the product management. We had a brand new apps team built. We've increased the data team size. We've changed our infrastructure teams to um, a more of a platform team. Uh, you know, and we've changed the way to working you know, throughout throughout the engineering to sort of follow DevOps uh, yeah. practices. Um, and then we sort of, you know. Collaboration and knowledge sharing is core to, to everything that we do uh, as well. So we've introduced you know, communities of practice where any engineer can come, ask questions and, and help with that technical transformation. 
didn't really think about how much change does go into a transformation there you've yeah. just described. <laughs> um, do you want to talk us through the kind of different phases of the transformation then? Uh, yeah, so the way I see it, we've got two main problems we're trying to solve. We're actually merging multiple organizations which have multiple tech stacks. So the idea is we're trying to sort of bring all those together into one single platform because it's much more scalable, much, mm -hmm. uh, much easier to manage. But we're also trying to bring all the technology up to a standard that makes it a lot more reliable, a lot more scalable, a lot more flexible, and really allow us to be able to bring new features to market more quickly, but also to adapt to changes uh, in the industry because, I mean, there have been unsurprisingly a huge number of changes in the travel industry um, and our systems were all built around the way that the, the industry used to work three yeah. years ago um, so making sure that you know we are we are still relevant um, and we're still able to support whatever the industry uh, whatever direction the industry wants to take mm. yeah and then again yeah engineering side of this year the way that we do that yeah i run this sort of architecture review session so the engineers work with their product managers and trying to solve these customer problems and they come and then we talk to the whole of the engineering department to make sure that you know we are genuinely building you know good software, good architecture that we are actually solving uh, uh, these problems that we're not duplicating work, mm -hmm. uh, and just a chance to upskill uh, all engineers uh, as well. Just throwing a bit of a curveball question out of kind of going through that journey, you mentioned all the changes that have been made to the engineering team, product teams. What was the hardest bit mm -hmm. to change like, from 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 what you've sort of gone through? People's mindsets, I think. Yeah. I think, you know, when I started, the engineers were just set in, I must write code as quick as possible. <laughs> I must fix this problem. Yeah. And, yeah, there's more to engineering than just what's right right in front of you. Yeah. Um, and it's taken a while, um, but I think we're, we're there now. Yeah. And I would say from a product management point of view, we didn't have product managers in the organisation. Oh, right, we had people who had good domain knowledge and we were asking them to just sort of rebadge as a product manager and hadn't necessarily given them the training and um, what we've been able to do is make sure those people have got the right support and, and really sort of make the most of the, the skill set domain expertise they've got mm -hmm. but understand the difference between how they might have been working which is typically more of a sort of business analyst um, more of a sort of you know they, they would understand the concepts of product owner but what we're trying to do now is more what I call sort of full stack product management whereby mm. the product manager is responsible for the whole area you know mm. that sort of cliche of them being the CEO of their team but that's absolutely what we're trying to do yeah um, so we've been able to bring in people who've already worked on that environment so they can mentor the people who are already there and mm -hmm. it's meant that um, you've got a good mix of people who've got really good understanding of, of how our business and, and how that sector works with people who have a really good uh, understanding of product management yeah, ah, awesome. Thanks for that. Um, one of the things that you've mentioned there is that the kind of the whole company is moving towards being a data-driven, customer-focused business. I mean, how have you driven this within your, within your teams? I mean, honestly, there's quite a few teams who've already been um, sort of very data-driven. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you were to take you know the, the website team, uh, the marketing team, look after the website, they're they're very sort of clear on the measurement of success mm -hmm. for themselves. The measurements are quite obvious, so they're going to be quite well-established metrics like click-through conversion, uh, abandonment. But there's other areas we've had to think a lot more carefully about what we're trying to achieve. So particularly when you think about things like how do you get into an attraction, um, a lot of the back-end services, um, what are the right metrics to track there? You know, are you trying to track you know the the NPS of customers, the customer satisfaction? And given that that's sort of quite an all-up number, how do you track the things that contribute to that in a, in a meaningful way? So having to think much more carefully about what are those signals and early indicators there. So that's required a lot more thought. Yeah. yeah. And then on our sort of actual data team as well, you know, we've got a new data team. They're transforming our legacy 
reporting stack you know into you know, a data mesh we want to make that data easily accessible for anyone uh, throughout the business um, and then we also encourage all the engineers to you know, think about these customers when you're solving these problems you know how are you going to put these metrics in that we can then you know, use to define whether the solution actually worked or yeah. whether we need to try again yeah did you actually have MPS then kind of in, in integrated into your product like for the customers to go this was like a 7 out of 10 8 out of 10 9 out of 10 that type of thing um, so we send out sort of post-trip surveys at mm. the moment and mm. um, I want us to do a lot more sort of inexperience uh, sort of checking of how things work you know yeah. both in terms of like you know there's a, a good trigger point to ask people how it was when you've been into an attraction yeah but also just little things like if you want to add new features into our app what's a good way to be able to get an indication of how well those worked would you have a sort of like a mini survey of like thumbs up thumbs down for new features so we're trying yeah. to think a little bit hard about how do you get those sort of micro signals versus just have to hope that overall NPS improves and then try to claim credit for it. <laughs> yes, that's fair. Um, out of interest then, when obviously you're going through this transformation, um, when you're getting team members on board, and obviously you talk, spoke there about the tricky bit of the mindset change, how did you kind of position it so that people didn't feel challenged or as if the work me their current work methods were being criticised? Yeah, uh, yeah pro product management is a very new thing. Um, and yeah, if I had a pound for every time, someone would sort of call us the project management team. Or, um, <laughs> yeah. You'd have yeah. to sort of keep correcting them on, no, it's, it's product and, and it's a completely different thing and here's why. Hmm. You've got sort of two different um, sort of group, groups of people that you need to sort of address a slightly different challenge with. One is they're teams who have been used to just telling the technology team what to deliver. So they literally just raise a ticket and then you just deliver exactly what they, uh, they'd ask you to do. And they're having to adapt to these completely new ways of working and they're probably hearing no and sometimes for the very first time so the very first step is you have to really talk to everyone you have to explain these new ways of working and we've been doing like lunch and learns we've been doing road shows all sorts of, of ways to just really try to get people to understand how we work and, and how it's beneficial mm. now the other thing is with product management being new the product team are performing a role that used to be performed by others in the business and so there's going to be a bit of distrust when you first start off yeah. um, that can take a little bit of time to diffuse but you know I've been here before in a couple of transformation programs that sort of you know getting the trust getting people to sort of really buy into what you're doing that normally happens once those teams start to see you making good progress in these areas and, and that can take you know anything up to one to two years when you're doing a big transformation yeah. program before people really start to see oh you know what they were right this stuff does yeah. work yeah yeah and then i think yeah left over my sort of contracting consulting days you know the engineers built the best systems that they could mm -hmm. with the culture and the knowledge and the information that they, they had at the time yeah. um so yeah, we are the merger of you know, two companies. I think it's widely accepted that we have multiple tech stacks doing mm -hmm. the same thing multiple times and we need to do, we need to do a rewrite. And I think you know, all the engineers are, are fully on board with mm -hmm. that um, uh, as well. You know, and, and this is the goal is you know, we want this platform for innovation. You know, we want a platform where we can move at pace. Um, mm -hmm. So instead of trying to hack a feature into the legacy code, you know, we're trying to build a system that we can iterate on yeah. uh, quickly. Uh, again, throwing another curveball question. Obviously you're talking about two different tech stacks. How do you choose which tech stack? Neither. <laughs> right, okay. Turn <laughs> the boat to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, the best way of describing this, you know, is, is we have these two systems and they both do sim mm. similar things. Mm. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to look at, well, what works for us and our business now? Yeah. You know, these systems were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years old, some right. of them. So how they used to be built might not work for the way we want the business to work now and to solve the problems that we're trying to solve now. So we're sort of going for a best of both style approach. What works well, what doesn't work well, and how do we want it to work so we can get down to one stack.
Interesting. What would you go with tech stack wise out of interest? Uh, our tech stack at the moment, um, Java microservices, uh, React and Next.js uh, micro front ends, yeah. uh, all running on AWS in Kubernetes. Right. Lovely. I'm going to much more detail. <laughs> you can see the passion coming out there. Um, awesome. Look, what, one of the things that I really picked up with, with both of you and your, your previous experience, you've come from much larger businesses to join a you know, scaling company um, into a you know, smaller scaling company. What are the key differences that you've both picked up since, since being part of GoCity? Well, for me, I've been fairly fortunate when I've worked at large organisations product as a way of working was really well established. Mm -hmm. um, I have worked at other places where product as a way of working was not well established. <laughs> if you don't have complete buy-in from the leadership, it just doesn't work well. Uh, you get too many clashes between the ways of working across various different teams in the organization. Mm -hmm. And at small companies, it's just a lot easier to overcome. You've got fewer people that you need to try and get on the product management bus. Mm -hmm. um, and just having a few key people at C-suite can really make all the difference. So. Um, getting better access to leadership it's much easier to be able to influence the direction that you're trying to go yeah. we've been able to provide tailored training and support for all of our colleagues where large organizations you literally someone's doing the maths about well i've got to do this for a thousand people so therefore what's the budget i can allocate we've been able to have much more sensible conversations about that yeah. um and we've we've been growing yeah so we, although we sort of talk about ourselves as being a small company we've, we've pretty much doubled in size since oh, right. um autumn 2020 but we've been able to grow without having to compromise any of that that's been the really good thing yeah yeah, yeah and then i think yeah difference for me at go city you know versus larger organizations that i've come from is that we are actually doing product management yeah mm -hmm. i've worked with lots of companies that have said that they are but in reality everything's been about outputs deadlines uh, delivery teams choosing dates without even consulting engineers and that's completely different at ghost city our yeah. software engineering managers work really closely with our product managers mm. on all new features so product managers are, are, the, are the what and the why mm. uh, and the engineering managers you know with their teams as well as a product manager about the how we're going to solve that and we'll tell you when it's going to be ready yeah. um and then i guess the other thing about working at a smaller company you know, have access to everyone throughout the business we've got access to all the senior leadership team and the exco uh, as well, which is a big difference. See, I normally hear it's the salespeople who give the deadlines. They start make promises and say, "Oh yeah, we'll have this new feature that didn't exist." <laughs> normally, it's, normally, yeah. it's, normally, the salespeople then go to the delivery people. Who don't tell yeah. the there you go. Um, you both sort of described there Go City as a kind of like a, a startup without the financial instability or scale up without the financial instability. Um, what have been the benefits of, of challenges of leap, leaping into that s smaller business, where sort of both pro uh, both in a product sense as well as culturally well for me, I, I really enjoy being hands-on so mm. uh, I think I was worried that uh, as I sort of you know, move up to become more of a product leader that I'd sort of lose the ability to actually do product work which I really enjoy so that's something you still have the ability to do at small businesses um, you can get to dip your toes in in lots of different areas more easily um, the flip side of that is you do have to wear many hats you know everything from you know um, trying to make sure that you're managing all the GDPR um, you know uh, uh, accreditation for the company as well as things like helping to choose the coffee machine yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone's got to do it right yeah, yeah so, exactly um did you make the, the right decision there though on that uh, one did well, it go I down one so. coffee yes, like you know I, I not told everyone i chose it because i wanted to wait and see what the feedback well, was about the coffee machine but like uh, we, we moved from one one of these pod based coffee machines mm. which nobody wants those now because of the waste um so we've got like bean to cup machine and uh, everyone seems to like it and people can't work out to switch it on always so i've got this secret skill where i can come <laughs> and tell them because i've actually read the manual <laughs> 
Brilliant. Um, one of the other things I say that's really nice about being a smaller business is that we're small enough that everyone in the business can actually have a voice. I've worked at lots of large companies where you get quite frustrated that you appear to be doing the wrong thing on a regular basis, but you don't have the way to influence the people that you really yeah. need to try to think about those decisions. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, probably echoing a bit what, what Mike said there as well, you, know, you get greater visibility of the whole business. You know, we encourage you know, all of our engineers to get involved in more than just solving problems. Yeah. You know, it might be you know, talking to people outside of the technology teams about what they're working on, or you might be working on company-wide cybersecurity or leading our graduate assessment uh, process as well. All right, awesome. Um, I guess one of the things that'd be interesting to know is how you've balanced then the delivery of the, of the new features uh, versus the functionality of the product itself. I mean, I, I would say we're pretty much focused on core functionality, so mm. really trying to make progress with transformation. Um, we're trying to make sure we're delivering an experience that works for the majority of our customers before we start to experiment with new experiences and capabilities. Um, we've got a shopping list of all the new things we'd love to do and love to get stuck into once we've got a platform that we are more confident is doing its job. Mm -hmm. um, but you do occasionally have to light up small features on the legacy tech stack and that sort of helps to support the business hit their current targets. It, it sort of helps take away some of the pressure to like, why aren't you done on transformation yet? Why can't you speed up? Um, but also it's quite useful when you're trying to get insights that are gonna help with what you're trying to build to actually do some testing on the existing tech stack to sort of try and get some some insights that can help uh, inform some of those decisions. Perfect. Yeah, I think we're, we're sort of very lucky as well that we have a product team that understand engineering mm -hmm. uh, uh, as well. So, you know, we ship on quality. Our okay. code gets released on quality. So I'm really big on the non-functional requirements. It's all very well having this thing that's going to solve a customer problem. But if it doesn't work when it goes live or it can't support the, the, the number of users we need it to support or we don't have those metrics that we need to measure success, mm -hmm. you know, why did, why did we release it as well? And yeah, I really want to know if something we release is broken before our first customers notice as well. So we bake all of that into the process with, mm -hmm. with every single feature. Perfect. One of the sort of last two questions we always ask our guests, um, you know, starting with what the, the top one really is, what's been the biggest challenges then in your career uh, to date, uh, and in particular with your time within Go City? Um, so I'd say Go City, and I've had this challenge um, in other places where we've been doing transformation programs it's getting everyone on the agile product management bus mm -hmm. uh, it's such a, a big change to the way that most businesses are used to working it takes a lot of adjustment and mm -hmm. people are generally willing but they just don't quite understand how to do it so you just really need to have lots of patience lots of support lots of guidance lots of hand-holding along the way um, I mean one of the other things that was a bit of a challenge first coming to go city from large companies where the, the name of the company is enough to try to get candidates through the doors yeah. we struggled i would say initially to really get good quality candidates coming through trying to convince people that like you know this is a good place uh, to evolve but i think we've really started to gain sort of good reputation as being somewhere that product management is done plus the fact we put a lot of work into having a good career framework uh, to try to make sure there's a, a sort of you know, future scope for come, come, someone who comes to join the business. It is a small company, but there is absolutely a, a career path there for engineering yeah. and for product. Yeah. It is tough. That's partly why I created this podcast, really, to give that platform, because you, you're up against 
companies with unlimited kind of spend, right, to go and market their their brands out there and yeah, you know, so. absolutely. The, the number of times I used to I worked at Amazon, people used to come and apply for jobs, and then when they talked to you, it's fairly clear they didn't actually understand what the role was they applied for. <laughs> they just wanted to work for Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah swings and roundabouts. So. Yeah, I think the sort of biggest challenge, Go City, for me is is you know it's this legacy code base that we're trying to get away from. This code that was written mm-hmm. pre all the engineers being there now. Um, yeah, and there were some decisions that were made that were very questionable. Um, there's lots of duplication, there's no tests, there's no documentation. And, and you know, we're trying to migrate away from the system onto, onto our platform of innovation mm. while keeping the current system working. So, mm. you know, it's like trying to change the wheel. It's like trying to change the wheels in a car while still moving forward. Good, and then final question then. What, you know, what bit of advice would you give to someone who's in product or engineering that's looking to, you know, take a leap into a scale up? Well, if you want to have greater ability to influence the product and organizational strategy, you can't really do that so much at large organizations. Uh, if you really want to get involved in how a product gets delivered, if you want to be able to you know, actively contribute to the success of a, an organization, it's a lot easier to do at smaller and sometimes less established businesses. So, yeah. Perfect. And anything specific for product managers? Yeah, so uh, working in larger organisations, you, you tend to be sort of funneled into quite specific areas. You can build up good knowledge in there, but really in order to evolve as a product manager, you, you want to have a broader area of responsibility. So you know, working somewhere where you've got the opportunity to be a sort of full stack um, product manager, to be more T-shaped, to really start to sort of you know, work in areas outside of your core area, that's good for your growth. So I would definitely advise um, you know, looking for some of those opportunities. Great. And Nathan? Yeah, so I think sort of in engineering, you know, looking for somewhere where you've got that learning collaboration, you know, at Go City, you know, we have learning time, we have budget for courses uh, as, as well. Um, and try and find a, you know, a modern tech stack uh, yeah. as well, yeah, something that you want to work on, something that you can, can, te- can keep growing and, and learn as much as you can and ask as many questions as you can. Yeah. See, that's why I like not being an engineer, because your software and languages change and you have to continually learn personally always learning yeah always learning yeah personally not for me Uh, (laughs) but that's why i'm glad i'm not an engineer but no awesome um thank you both for joining us today really appreciate your time and your honesty uh around your experiences as well appreciate it very welcome thank you awesome